Hello and welcome back to the Sidetrack Music Podcast. We're here, back again. Thanks so much for the amazing reaction to the um, first few episodes. We've been, um, I mean, completely surprised by it. Uh, and yeah, we're really grateful for everyone listening in, all the all the reviews, the ratings. Um, so thanks so much for that. Um, Zach is here. How's it going? Hey, Jules. How are you? I'm good. We're back again with the awkward, with the awkward how are you's. Now, Zephyr, I, I set you the <laughs> challenge. Course. What can you say now? Zephyr, welcome back to the podcast. What can I say? Um, it's good to be back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, I set the brief today, so hopefully that's going to be good. Um, yes, it's Zephyr's turn to set the brief. Yeah, so, so I've chosen, like, basically floor fillers, which... Um, it's basically an easy way of saying good dance tracks and tracks that everyone kind of loves to dance to. But um, I've kind of not put too much pressure on the fact that it has to be a song that everyone knows. So I've just gone for tracks, basically, that, you know, we'd want to dance to. I'd want to dance to. Songs that when you're sitting around at, at the wedding on the table, miserable, and then it comes on and you're like, all right, I'm on the dance floor. I've arrived. I'm here. Of course. Yeah, I thought this was this was quite a cool brief because actually um, recently I've had to DJ for a couple of things, so I've really been thinking about like the dance danceness levels of a load of songs. So um, I was I was I was well ready for this. I just went through my library and I was like sorted by energy. Anyway, sorry, uh, Zach. Okay, we, we'll start. We'll start with you, Zach. What what have you got? What did you bring? Well, um, I was thinking about um, dance tracks and. I wanted to get some variety in here um, because I figured you guys would go more modern. So I went back to old classic 70s disco, you know, proper earth, wind and fire stuff. And I decided to go for um, the the perfectly titled Boogie Wonderland um, because it makes classic. you want to get up and boogie. Well, get down and boogie. Uh, down. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So we're going to get a bit into that. Um, talk about why I specifically like to, to boogie to it. Um, and, <laughs> um, you, you find romance and why, when you boogie in, the, in, in Boogie Wonderland. In, in Boogie Wonderland, <laughs> yeah. That line. It transports anyway. me to, to yes. a place yes. called Boogie Wonderland. Um, mm. and what a place it, it makes, is. It makes, what a place it is. It makes everyone want to <laughs> wanna boogie to it. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I think I said boogie about twenty times there. I think I think we'll just play it now and um, feel free to boogie in the tube, in the bus, wherever you are, because you know that, that's that, that's what you can do anyway. Oh god! Uh, okay, let's just play it before <laughs> it gets more embarrassing. And that was a bit of Earth, Wind & Fire's Boogie Wonderland. Um, 
actually, I should say that it's not just Earth, Wind, and Fire on this track. Um, they also hired um, the Emotions, which were a um, a trio of like gospel singers who did lots of successful R and B and disco stuff in the seventies. Um, and I think the Emotions they they um, they really make this track. Um, Wait, what part do they sing? They they are the top. Um, singers like right at the top of the mix um oh, sing okay. quite high so okay. they sing the boogie, boogie wonderland um and they join in in the verse as well and add to that like really just high vocals um you know high notes make high energy um mm. and yeah so um because earth wind and fire are an all-male band i think um and um yeah just having this like trio of um female gospel singers just like really helps elevate this song um and just quite stand out um stands out among a lot of their repertoire um although of course their their lead singer um maurice white i believe um he um he was really good at getting the high notes um like uh he used a lot of falsetto um yeah but um it just yeah to have this extra um weight on the high notes just really helps get you in the groove um so yeah i wanted to talk a bit about why as well um this song is high energy and groovy um and why you have to just get up and dance um or boogie (laughs) um so um of course the first lyric is uh dance um so it's a direct earth wind and fire order um you have to (laughs) but also it's just an incredibly big band um so yeah, like, it's huge. Even absolutely huge. Um did they play at it, it's like crazy. Glastonbury a couple years ago or something? I remember I was watching it on like the BBC and I, and there was like five hundred people on stage and I was like, wow, <laughs> big man. I exaggerate, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Um I mean the more instruments you have, the I mean again, the higher the energy sound, you have. Yeah. yeah, bigger sound. Um I mean just at the start you got this like um the horns enter. Um, and when I was looking this up, you'll be glad to know, Jules, that the horns consist of trumpet, sax, trombones, and the French horn. Um, no way. Yeah, French I think that's horn. the first time I've ever heard of a French horn being used in <laughs> I a guess pop we song. have to cover it now. Yeah, we've yes. got to cover it. So <laughs> can we analyze that for the next half hour? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what the French horn adds to, to the tone of the horn. No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm worried we just lost about half of our listeners at that point. Um, yeah. So hopefully they, they managed to stick through that. Um, yeah. So you got, Zephyr, the, you can finish um, them off with another dad joke if you want. <laughs> I'll think of one. I'll think of one. I'll think of one. Uh, amazing. <laughs> Give me some time. Um, yeah. So you got the, the horn hits right at the start. Um, the did, 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 uh, high energy stuff. Um, and then you've got this kind of intro section where like, you've got this just incredible plethora of instruments. Um, like all the strings enter. Um, they seem to have hired an entire orchestra um, to play um, on this. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> as well as that, you've got like lots of guitars and synthesizers, just amazing number of instruments, really high energy. And it's just, it's a great way to start this really high energy dance track. Um, yeah. Also, mm. um <laughs> I realized recently that um, the the high power, the like horn hits at the start, they remind me of, um, do you know that um, Backstreet Boys 
tune, um, Backstreet. Oh Backstreet Boys. All right. All right. Yeah. It's exactly yep. the same. That's yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No that way. just clocked as you said that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I feel Who like, I feel like uh, they might have stole that from uh, Boogie Wonderland. <laughs> um, yeah. They probably yeah. just wanted the boogality of it. Of course, uh, of course. Yeah. the boogie. Well, not, who can blame them for wanting to go to Boogie <laughs> yeah. Wonderland? To be honest, everyone wants to be there. I, I mean, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, and just throughout the chorus as well, you got all these instruments behind the vocals, um, just helping elevate that dance groove. Um, and again, like vocals are very high, and they have lots of cool harmonies, um, which adds to like this busyness um, and um yeah and then i want to talk a bit about the verse um because the verse is probably one of my favorite parts of this song um and i was thinking to myself why does it sound so funky at this moment um and i realized that actually um each lyric lands on the offbeat um so like it's like midnight duh, 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 duh. um so having this um, lyric that land, like each lyric landing off the beat and not on the beat, um, it makes it kind of have this like, um, I can't really describe it actually. Like, bouncy, maybe? Sort bouncy, of like a bouncy, thank you. And it also it, yeah. It, it, yeah. Like, keeps it really moving. Like when, if you're exactly. kind of on the dance floor, you're like always kind of good because it's always, you know, it's always coming. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. It allows yeah, those see, big yeah. dance moves with your arms going up from the side. <laughs> I'm trying to describe it. I'm doing it currently. You need the video um, right now. Yeah. Like, that's definitely going on the socials. Uh, that's probably going on the socials. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just you know found like, our actually? first podcast gif. Brilliant. It's like um, it's like breathing. Like, huh, 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 oh, yeah, uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which yeah. is like, like, you know, like you're dancing, you're out of breath. Yeah, you're like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's interesting because I, I was, I was thinking about like what makes all the Earth, Wind, and Fire tracks so groovy because it's not just this one. Like everyone knows, um, September as well. Let's groove, um, mm. fantasy. They've got you know, so many tracks, and it's such a kind of you. For some reason, it, it, it sounds just kind of like it's, it's just amazing funk. But I was wondering, I was thinking to myself, like, what separates it from just kind of normal funk what makes it so much of a kind of i need to get up and dance to this so groovy and mm. it's a bit like what you were saying Zach. I, I kind of well what i've noticed is that so they have the classic funk thing of having loads of stuff on the off beats working in the kind of on the 16th notes and all that but they also always have a very strong first second third and fourth beat it's usually a kind of four on the floor kind of style so on top of the kind of Right. syncopation and all that they've still got the one two three four pretty much throughout the songs which gives you that kind of dancing vibe as well as having the funk and um, well anyway that's what i think it is yeah, yeah yeah well that's very resonant of disco that's kind of what moved funk into yeah. disco isn't it that sort of very standardized drum groove and then also nile rogers bringing in um the, the funky guitar he he kind of saved guitar sorry this is a completely separate off point but he saved guitar by bringing it into disco and this sort of style of music because it made use of rhythmic kind of playing and i, I can't remember the style of playing of when you go like that kind of guitar sound but that's yeah. that's then become a staple i don't know if it's in this track actually because this might have been before that was introduced 
Um, because now Rogers introduced that with um, what's that band called? Uh, the one that did uh, Sheep. Sheep. No, band is Sheep. Yeah, Sheep. That's yeah, one. Sheep. Um, and he and so I don't know if those are, they were a little bit after. Um, oh, I think they were. The oh, that's a good. That's I, a good question. I, I feel actually. like they were after, but we should probably research that before I just make out a statement. We should. I'll like get that. on it. You but keep speaking. Get on it. I'll keep speaking <laughs> about guitar and sheep. Um, yes. So basically, yes. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, Rogers, yeah, he brought that into, and that's also seen in Get Lucky, and because uh, they brought him in with Daft Punk and Pharrell Williams, and like, it's, it's like kind of been adamant for a long time. Yeah, that could cool. sort of that. I, I, I can't remember the name of it. It's It's gone from my head, the name of that guitar style playing. It's called yeah, like, well, something. Chucking? Chucking. It might be Chucking. Chucking? chucking. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm not a guitarist. It's, it's something like that, but it. I mean, I'm kind of a guitarist, but I'm not a very good one. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's been seen like since then, all over since then, like eighties, yeah, eighties pop, especially and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was everywhere. Um, and it's just whenever you need a funk groove, it's just there now. Um, it's pretty insane. Jules looks like he has some information. To yeah. So we may have moved on, but anyway, so Earthwind and Fire founded in 1969. Sheik in 1972. Oh. So very close. Ah. Um, so I'm actually sure when the album, oh, right. their albums came out, but uh, anyway, so yeah, maybe but they would have been around the same time. That happened at similar time. Yeah, like, that, yeah, they're very, very, very similar eras. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I anyway, think we to, have spent a lot of time on Boogie Wonderland. Yeah, uh, Wonderland. As, as uh, we should. <laughs> as we should. should but, of course. But let's um, move on. So is it your turn, Jules? I reckon. Yeah, it's top time for me um so i will take you about uh about well 25 years into the future with george michael's fast love um now i really like george michael um i think there's something like so emotional or something like not emotional but i don't know emotive about his music um and well, Fast Love is a really kind of good... It's kind of a motive, but it's also really all, like, an amazing group. So I'm going to play the clip of that now, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. So that was Fast Love by George Michael. Fast Love Part One, actually. I don't. I, I've never actually listened to Part Two. I don't know if there is a Part Two, but um. Anyway, Part Part One's the well-known part. Um. And yeah, I mean, what, what a tune! What a tune! It's kind of. So this is kind of. It, I think it came out. I may be badly wrong here, but early two thousands. Um. In his album, older, which was. 1996 so i was i was a bit far out but anyway 1996 so this was kind of the slightly later stage george michael where it went kind of club 
I would not kind of club vibes, but so I, I put it in the same category as like Amazing, which is another really, really good song that I, I really like. Um, kind of Amazing. And when he did that as cover with Mary J. Blige, um, but it's that so you can mm. hear the drums. It's very kind of club. So the really strong bass drum on the first and third beats, uh, kind of very kind of straight. And um, it's a very, very kind of similar drum patterns that he has throughout those kind of types of songs with the signature kind of George Michael lyrics uh, and voice. And it's just, I think sexy is the word to give it, to be honest. It's just, it's just like, oh, I don't know. Um, my analysis doesn't stretch it's, much, much it's deeper than that. It's more of a slow that. dance track. Yeah. It's I'd weird it's because it's slow, it, like it's still a dance track. Definitely. Mm. Mm. It doesn't feel slow, but when you actually look at the BB, you're like, oh, it's actually... I think I think if I remember, it's about 108 BPM or something, which is relatively slow because your average dance track will be between yeah. 120 and 130. Um, but it doesn't really feel that. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, but it's mm. it's the George Michael kind of low tempo funk. It's like songs like Faith and Freedom are really slow, but they don't feel it because of how it's kind of put together and the the rhythms that he's kind of putting in there. Um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add to Fast Love? Or should we just leave it like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it 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 does feel quite high energy. Um, but I see what mm. you mean that combined with like George Michael's kind of smoothness, his his sexiness, as you'd say, um, <laughs> it feels it feels like smoother and more chill at the same time, which is quite a nice yeah. combo to have um, on the dance track on the dance floor. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, that, it's it's a kind of it's like kind of bridge to the kind of club and house. It's, it has those echoes of house kind of music, mm. and I mean very, very small echoes, but especially just in the drums. I think the way that it you can just feel the first and third beat. It really is a kind of dance track, but it's also the signature George Michael vibes. I'm sure I'm going to talk about George Michael in another episode at some point more. But um, yeah, this is a track that I think it's sometimes sometimes forgotten about um from some of the more famous ones but yeah really good one shouldn't be overestimated so we'll move on to um zephyr your track um take us well, actually we've got in chronological yeah. order that's that's amazing we we planned that definitely oh, um, oh yeah we have we've moved through <laughs> yeah, the time totally. so we're skipping to 2010 <laughs> so about 15 years later um mm. so we are going with rock that body which is actually quite an unknown tune by the black eyed peas because for all their popularity in the 20 kind of 2010s early 2010s this song i don't think it went um went was super popular i mean i hope people recognize it but um it's kind of it's a standard house track um so i think i'll let it speak for itself i guess so it's worth that moment. i wanna get i wanna dance in the lights i wanna yeah so that was rock your body and it's um was produced by will i am and david getter actually which is where you kind of get those house dance vibes from i guess 
Um, there's actually a sample. I don't know if you hear, heard it, but the rock your body bit, or uh, actually not that bit. <laughs> it's the I want to rock right now bit is from um, It Takes Two, which also has the drum break and the bit Yeah Now, which I've, I'm not going to sing because it's really high pitch, but that's actually from a James Brown track, which I'm not sure which James Brown track, oh. but It Takes Two samples that. Oh. So it's got it's wow. got some quite, actually some kind of old funk um, kind of, roots which is why i kind of really love will i am because he i love how we we always that. manage to find old funk roots to whatever song it is be it oh, black eyed peas yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the black eyed peas are have actually a very um very interesting group actually so when they first started off which was in the kind of early 90s they were just a standard kind of hip-hop group it was three of them it was will i am um apple the app and taboo i think their names are um they, they've got interesting names um <laughs> and they and they kind of just started off as just like yeah standard kind of 90s hip-hop group and they were very critically acclaimed but they weren't super popular um but then when you move into the 2010s you kind of get that very pop stage because will i am's a, a, a genius he really knows what how to like manipulate the market in terms of like sounds and all that jazz and so he made i got a feeling and all those kind of other pop tracks and they were super popular and that's where they made their millions um i mean talking about floor fillers i got a feeling that's about yeah, as big as it exactly. yeah. i got a feeling um so that was that and so they brought fergie into that sort of time and she's kind of just a standard pop female singer mm-hmm. and they brought her in for loads of tracks um, she's no longer in the group and they've actually gone back to their kind of original roots and they're kind of more critically acclaimed now, but not nearly as popular. You probably wouldn't have heard any of their recent albums. Um, I love them, but um, I'll probably talk, try to talk about them another time, but I don't even know if these guys have heard them. Let me know. Have you guys heard them or no? I'd, I'd forgotten they were a thing after 2010, I'll be honest. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's, they kind of, they, well, they did stop doing music for a bit um, and they only started releasing again in 2018, I think. Um, but anyway, back to Rock That Body, because I've got very sidetracked, as usual. Um, oh, sidetracked. <laughs> so, yeah, this this song is very much a kind of dance track, and it's got the, um, the kind of the pulsating chords in the background. It's got a really funky bass line, which is always, always can make people dance. And the groove is, it's got those very quick hi-hats, which are playing on basically, every, I think, 16th notes. They're just playing uh, every single beat very fast that's just kind of constantly there and the kick and the snare are just very loud and it's it's just a very standard house dance track but it just kind of ticks all the boxes for me and yeah i just love it i don't know what you guys think but i'd be happy to hear i'm gonna be honest here i'm not a huge fan and i i I, i'm not sure i i hadn't i don't know we haven't been critical of a song yet on, on the podcast Ooh. and, and I, i'm Ooh. not gonna be critical to be honest but i mean it's not that i don't i don't dislike it i think that it's quite it's quite catchy when it gets into the kind of uh into the kind of chorus i guess and they're kind of singing and i'm like okay yeah i, I can kind of dance to that but uh, it's just not really my kind of my my kind of song and i do i i mean obviously i guess i'm not the biggest fan of house music but there are the are the odd tracks i do like but um yeah, I don't know. Well, speaking of the chorus, no. there is the high pitch vocals. I don't, I don't oh, yeah. I mentioned that. Fergie's um, been pitch shifted up. Um, and in the music video, the music video, to be honest, is what made me very addicted to the song because I watched it when I was. Oh, maybe that's what I need to watch to change my opinion. In 2010. Yeah. yeah, I was like, 
what six or seven when it came out and i remember just watching it because i've always been a massive music nerd um and i kind of i remember watching it on youtube in this room actually uh the room i'm in now which used to not be my bedroom but is now don't know what don't know if anyone cares i don't know why i said that the point is the memories of that song are like very kind of in my head and the video is very strange it's got like people kind of stuck in a time loop and then the, the black eyed peas go around with a music gun and they shoot people <laughs> and it makes them dance and the whole song is just everyone starting to dance and there's also these five massive giant robots fighting i don't even know what's going on <laughs> half the time they have a dance off at the end it's great watch the video that's the best no, that bit, sounds but, amazing i love it, the concept of a music gun <laughs> I, i'm yeah, like no, i'm gonna yeah, shoot it and then they're gonna hit dancing. you with that major it's chord <laughs> <laughs> yeah well <laughs> i'm not surprised that there are robots in there because um I, the groove is quite robotic but mm. i think it's oh yeah it's groovy as well um like yeah as you were saying that the hi-hats like very fast hi-hats um yeah they really want to make you well rock that body um <laughs> and um yeah I, I i don't know if i agree with you jules i think i think it it does everything uh you'd want from a house track yeah so maybe no that, that that's true um, i don't know it's just I mean, I, I really should have thought of more points before just saying I don't like it and moving on. To I should really defend <laughs> my point of view a bit more. But I'll be honest, I haven't done enough research. So <laughs> maybe I'll come back next. Mm. You're valid to have whole. your own opinion. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, of I know. Course. I should be able to back it up, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, one thing that does slightly jar me, it might just be personal preference, um, is the pitch shifting of that voice. Um, I think I'd prefer just having a singer who could sing that high. Yeah, no, I, than, I did um, find that bit annoying to us. Fergie's not the greatest singer in the world. I mean, I don't know if you've heard her, um, the American National Anthem she did at, I can't remember, like a Super Bowl or something. It was oh, the no. worst thing ever. She was singing every <laughs> note wrong and she was like oh, doing no. some operatic stuff and it was just oh, awful. You should listen to it. Maybe we can play a clip of it. I don't know. Uh, it's I mean, not good at all. I'll tell you what, there's some weird stuff that happens for the kind of the, all the American like final mm. stuff. I was watching, because as a true Canadian, I was tuning into the Stanley Cup final at like three in the morning <laughs> about a month ago because the Montreal Canadiens were in the final. Um, and I was kind of tuning in. I thought it was starting at one. And then obviously at one was like the national anthem and all that stuff. Oh, God. And there was this woman singing. She first sang the Canadian national anthem and then she sang the American one. And it just, I was like, am I hearing this wrong or is this just completely out and, and horrible? And obviously, yeah, no American going to point it out actually, because. To sing, to be honest. Huh? Oh, yeah. It is really hard to sing. It's um, very difficult. I, it, um, I, I looked it up and um, yeah, it's actually a, the tune was originally um, supposed to be like a baritone virtuosic. Um, like solo um and oh. it became the american national anthem so no, no wonder it's uh, incredibly yeah, hard to awkward. sing um <laughs> and the, the, everyone the, in the, the range of it yeah. yeah the range of it is really really big um so it most people can't even hit all the notes um so it's quite hard to sing um but there I is a kind what, of tradition that's an that's an episode idea that is an episode National idea, Maybe we should stop talking about this now. Brief. Um. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've been on this for too long. I reckon it's time yeah. to go to our yeah. artist spotlight of the week. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we will take a quick break. But in part two, Zach is doing our artist spotlight on the one and only Amy Winehouse. So stick around for that. 
Okay, welcome to part two of the Sidetrack Music Podcast. And it is, as usual, the artist spotlight. Zach's turn this week. Zach, I mean, I've actually already introduced it, so it's not a surprise, but I'm still going to ask you because it's podcast etiquette. Um, of course. What artist are you spotlighting today? What are you putting under the lights? Um, well, I'm going to be doing the, um, the amazing but quite tragic story of Amy Winehouse. Um, going to be talking a little bit, well, actually quite a lot a bit about, her, about her music. Quite a lot a bit. Quite a lot about her music. <laughs> um, um, talking about the, the only two albums that she released over her musical career. Um, two wonderful albums they were. Two mm. wonderful albums they are, yeah. Um, why I like them so much, um, why everyone else liked them so much. And um, yeah, just a bit <laughs> about her life. Um, so... Um, yeah, Amy Winehouse, she was born in 1983, um, probably one of the most prominent solo female vocalists of all time. Um, and um, yeah, I'm going to talk a bit about her first album now. Um, so she released her first album called Frank in 2003. Um, after a relatively rocky childhood, like moving around schools, getting expelled at one point. Um, and uh, actually, fun fact about this album um, the album title is uh, referencing two things. Um, it's the nature of her lyrics, which are kind of painfully honest and frank, um, and also her main influence, or one of her main influences, Frank Sinatra, um, which oh, I think yeah. is quite a cool, oh, yeah, quite a cool, cool title. Um, that's a double entendre. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's good words. words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is. I mean, I love this album. Um, I kind of I listen to it all all the way through from start to finish again. Um, just uh just in preparation for this um and i think it's quite nice to do that um for this album um it's uh there are lots of these kind of random like intro and outro sections on lots of the tracks um which are which are quite cool i haven't i haven't really seen that in many other albums um and they're often just seemingly unrelated to the main song um like so for example the, the first track on frank is called um the, the actual title is called intro slash stronger than me Mm. And it just starts with like Amy scatting over some chords um, and a guitar playing, Standard which then fades jazz, out. Jazz singer, Standard jazz singer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just um, scatting. Yeah, uh, it just it fades out, mm. and then the song starts, um, which is completely yeah. unrelated to what mm. she was doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we're playing um, it today, but I can de- recommend "Stronger Than Me" is an amazing song. Oh yeah, uh, from Amy Winehouse. We're not playing Great it, song. but I recommend it highly. Uh, go check it out if you don't know already, because you don't actually hear the it that much on the radio. Yeah, yeah I, I've um, never. I didn't. I hadn't heard it until I listened to it on like Spotify when I was going through a music because I remembered how much yeah. I liked it. I, which was quite. I recent, think I actually. heard it in a GBK yeah. somewhere, and I shazammed it. <laughs> a GBK. Oh, nice. Uh, very random, <laughs> but that's how. Yeah, Thanks for that lovely, lovely fact there, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> you and the GBK. Other burger restaurants are available. Um, yeah, <laughs> but GBK, if you if you want to sponsor us, this is us, not an advert for GBK. Out. Oh, no, this is an advert no. for GBK. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of kind of unforgotten, uh, not unforgotten, just forgotten. A lot of forgotten. <laughs> unforgotten. <laughs> Soon to be unforgotten. <laughs> Soon to be unforgotten. There's a lot of forgotten Amy oh, um, Winehouse tracks out there, which yeah. I realized when I was looking through her music. And I was like, these are great. Why does no one talk about these? Why does no one listen to these? Um, and well, you should. Um, another example of like a, an outro um would be um we're also not playing this today but please go check this one out um it's called moody's mood for love slash tio's licks um 
And when when the actual song ends, this kind of chill vamp starts. Um, and <laughs> of course, this is why I love it. The sax playing, the sax player starts playing some really kind of chilled out notes over it. And it's just this like vamp for like 50 seconds. I'm like, I'm, I'm assuming the sax player is, is Tio, right? I'm assuming Tio. it's sax player is Tio play, playing his, his licks. Um, Tio's licks. <laughs> over it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, the track that I'm going to talk about um, on the uh, this album um, is um, one of the two covers um, on um, Frank. Um, and it's called There Is No Greater Love. Um and uh oh, yeah. yeah i know mm. um the other the other um the other cover i believe is mr magic um which oh is a, that's a great yeah track. It is a i great didn't know track. she covered that i'm gonna listen to yeah, that yeah. now I'm gonna listen uh, to Gro- album. grover washington i believe um yeah grover washington yeah. actually interestingly um i know that amy winehouse went to um nigel the, the national youth jazz orchestra um saturday school um uh in her childhood um and i know that that is one of their like repertoire um it's one of their pieces that they play quite a lot there um because i actually went to nigel um and so i was thinking ah i wonder if that was a subtle flex yeah (laughs) (laughs) subtle flex yeah actually you can just walk in and join it's not that that oh right okay Um, (laughs) well you have to audition don't you i'm pretty sure you have to be Pretty good. Oh yeah, to get into like the, the higher levels, obviously. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I, I see one. how it is. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> oh right. Um, anyway, we're gonna play. There is no greater love now. There is no greater love than what I feel for you. No sweet song. What you bring to me No sweet song Then what you sing Sing to me Ooh. Right, that was um, There Is No Greater Love uh, by Amy Winehouse, of course. Um, yeah, so there is I'm no sorry, I'm to sorry say, to interject, but you uh, really sounded like you were on Jazz FM there, uh, <laughs> especially after the song. It was like, so there, there is no, no greater love. Amy Whitehouse, that you enjoy on our, on our smooth jazz evenings <laughs> here much, on Wednesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, again, other radio stations are available. Um, <laughs> but then again, if well, Jazz FM wants to sponsor there. us, um, yeah, anyway. Anyway, that was Sorry. that was Jules Lenore Collard um, interjecting <laughs> me um, on the jazz affair. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. Um, that was there is no greater love, which is a um, it's a jazz standard. Um, but for those of you who don't know the um, traditional jazz players, we all have this repertoire um, of kind of countless songs that we've accumulated over the years that everyone just seems to know. Um, and this song is one of them. Um, Aren't they based off? This is just a, another introduction for those again yeah. who don't know. They're usually based off of old show tunes, aren't they? From like the twenties. Yeah. Um, the, there's a mixture of um, sources, so um, a lot of them were like from Tim Pan Alley kind of stuff, 
and then like some of them were like from show tunes um there were some like key composers who often weren't really players um yeah but um yeah, they they kind of they just built up over the years as more jazz players played them. Um, it's very intimidating. Music. There's there's like it an infinite number, and you're supposed to know like all of them, and it's like well, you are. But they are yeah. usually just chords and melody, aren't they? And yeah, like maybe yeah. lyrics. So it's not like it's pretty easy. I mean, obviously not not, you're not supposed to know. That's all the same them. as all songs, is it not? No, <laughs> but, like, and... but like there's usually more instruction. Like when you get like a real book, which yeah. again, if people don't know, a real book is like. A kind of a, a book of these standards confusingly um, also known book. as a fake book but you know um yes yeah, so that's a fake version of the real book yeah um, in uh, case uh, you yeah. hadn't got that um, <laughs> yeah. actually interestingly there's a very good podcast about the real book i think called the real book out there um which goes into the um grimy history and depths of the real book because it was oh, actually right. um it's something that kind of all jazz musicians will get their hands on because it has a list of all of these jazz standards and it's very very useful um but it was only legal in like 2007 so before it was kind of sold underneath the desks at um music shops because um the people who wrote it didn't ha- pay any of the licensing fees or copyright fees um for the tunes they were putting in there um because they just transcribed them um which is uh quite funny it's um, scummy, <laughs> anyway getting back to this track um yeah, I think this is. Um, I wanted to show this because it's a really beautiful tune, and it it shows kind of Amy Amy's beautiful voice off, like to her best degree. I think um, so. You got this really chill um, guitar grooving, a quite a slow tempo with like this chilled out Latin feel, um, and then adding to that vibe, you have um, both a sax and a flute in the background, just improvising, like very subtly quite slowly um playing a few lines in the background um and actually they've um they've sampled a uh cricket sound crickets in the background and you got um the like vinyl crackle yeah um, i noticed that yeah those always um, add to a track so much like actually as a production <laughs> again sidetracked again but as a production thing having like a kind of like a random sound that isn't musical just something Mm. in the background really helps your mix and i mean so now people just do it like they put birds or especially for like lo-fi tracks and like kind of heavily tracks. but also Mm. in kind of just a lot of pop drums there's usually something in the background maybe some chimes or something just yeah it kind of fills the space to fill the or just white noise yeah and it just makes your ears it kind of just makes everything kind of yeah one whole song rather than just kind of loads of different parts all in your ears yeah, it's kind of necessary because without it, um, silence kind of sounds weird in a song. Like absolute silence is yeah, just weird. When you hear things um, live, there's always like a bit of buzz or like, exactly yeah, yeah, buzz yeah, yeah, from the yeah. speakers. There's people going, wow, there's like there's always stuff in the background. So it'd be weird if there wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. The track anyway. thing again. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's um, trying, we're trying to set a record of how many times to interject. Exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Before we can finish um, talking about this song. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was going to quickly talk a bit about more technically. I'm no singer, but I'm going to talk a bit about um, Amy's style of singing in this one because um, uh, I feel like in a lot of her later stuff and also on this album, um, she will often sing with a more kind of um, like emphasizing the Y sound. Um, so, like the way that she would say the word "you" would be more like "yo." You get what I mean? Um, but um in this she she has it like more open 
Um, the vowel sounds are quite more, more open, um, more open than she usually does. And it's more like, yo, yo, um, which um, I think is quite an interesting distinction to make because um, it shows that she's a versatile singer and she can sing in different contexts. Um, and yeah, it's just a testament to how what a great, great singer she is. Um, and yeah, well, mm. what a tragic loss, yeah. but we'll, we'll get onto that later. Um, <laughs> yeah. On, on a slightly like kind of, I don't know, more macro kind of level. I found this one really interesting because it's, you know, it's a jazz standard. It's kind of, it's very simply done. It's very kind of old school. You wouldn't, this recording wouldn't be out of place in the 1960s. Um, mm. But it's, and it's kind of very pure, you know, and I think it kind of sets the tone because we all know the how kind of Amy Winehouse has these kind of soul and R&B influences, especially in the second album, Back to Black, which we'll get onto later. Um, yeah. But you can kind of see, I don't know, this is like the base that she builds from because then she builds and kind of puts her own twist on soul and R&B and jazz and all that kind of stuff. But this is like the very kind of pure base that she starts with before adding in the other elements and really making it her own. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I play this track to show like where her roots are. Um, yeah. And that jazz is one of her main influences. Um, actually, um some interesting facts about that. Um, so many of her uncles were jazz musicians. Um, she actually started off work as a gigging jazz singer. And her grandmother, uh, Cynthia, um, dated the saxophonist Ronnie Scott, who set up the legendary uh, jazz club in Soho, Ronnie Scott's. Um, wow. So yeah, lots of ties to jazz. Um, and it's just, it's very, it's, it's such a foundation for her music, um, which she uses and builds off to go into greater things um well not that anything is greater than jazz of course um yeah there is no greater music uh, of course <laughs> said every jazz aficionado ever um, yeah yeah no i'm not like that obviously um yeah anyway this album um <laughs> i'm sorry this album just... frank um what no i was uh, mm. there is no greater lie than what you just said <laughs> <laughs> that's the first Sorry, big that, lie of the podcast guys that was that's a bit a harsh lie. that was a bit harsh <laughs> no, i'm joking yeah, we, joke. we joke yeah okay um yeah <laughs> so so th this joke. album i i'm 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 pissed now <laughs> i'm not happy <laughs> oh god here we go <laughs> the rest of the the rest of this episode is just gonna be fuming steam's coming yeah. out of his ears <laughs> okay. um anyway um this album very successful, reached like number thirteen on the UK album charts, um, and um, yeah, post Amy's um, death, um, it spiked again and went to number five, I think it was. Um, so yeah, um, wow. She really um, is timeless, I guess. She really um, is timeless. Um, I didn't know that. That's really cool. But interestingly, she was quite dissatisfied with it. Um, when I was um, doing some research about this, I found an interview with her. Um, where she talks about um, that how unhappy she was with the album. I'll actually read you this quote because it, it's quite it's quite um, it's almost hilarious. Um, Can you do the accent? Um, not really. <laughs> I'm going to read it in my own voice. Very, she's actually a very funny person. Like just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she she's is. really like what a character. A, a, a character. Yeah, it's really kind of yeah. It's cool. Um, she uses quite a few words in here that um, I don't think are. Um, don't really have a place on this podcast so i'm going to replace oh, them can we use a we um, can use a beep sound that would be fun should we use a beep sound? oh oh 
Oh, amazing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's not my editing skills. Get ready, guys. Great, I'll, I'll, I'll read sounds. them. Okay. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll read it with, yeah, with all of its glory then, and you can beat me out later. Um, so, yeah, we keep um, it clean. <laughs> some things on this album make me go to a little place that's f***ing bitter. I've never heard the album from start to finish. I don't have it in my house. Well, the marketing was f***ed. The, pro- the promotion was terrible. Uh, everything was a shambles. It's frustrating because you work with so many idiots, but they're nice idiots. So you can't be like, you're an idiot. They know that they're idiots. <laughs> um, right? <laughs> Sounded like a fun studio to work in. Yeah. Um, I get the sense that she wasn't very easy to work with in the studio. Uh, she yeah, really no. knows what she wants. Um, mm. But um, was, yeah, wow. You can always get that from the best artists. Um, like always mm. the best artists are like such perfectionists, I feel. Um, mm. like they always know exactly what they want and they're so harsh about it whenever someone gets it wrong they're just like like that's not it they're really yeah. I remember watching um, This Is It which is a movie about Michael Jackson's final performance that he was going to do but he sadly didn't get to do because he died um, before they like went on tour but he, he had all, oh, done God. all the preparation it was going to premiere in London or something um, and in the video he is very particular to dancers musicians stage crew light people like everything about every yeah. single detail because he just knew exactly what he wanted i don't condone a lot of the stuff michael jackson did but oh, i yeah. do oh, yeah, love God. his music and his kind of style and it's i just think yeah all the greatest musicians again sidetracked so much um yeah they'll be all right like they, the all greatest, know exactly they all know they exactly what they want yeah um and yeah the, the biggest critic is yourself um when it comes to music um mm. and so yeah as, as amy Perfectly demonstrated in this. Anyway, we should move on. Um, we should. So uh, she released her second album um, after having gained quite a lot of um, fame from her first album, um, Back to Black, in 2006. Um, and this was like, this was a slight move away from the jazz influences that were quite prevalent in the first album and more towards um, the kind of pop and soul music, quite old school pop and soul, like, inspired by like 1960s girl groups um bands like the supremes maybe um and yeah among this album there's like a lot of it is based on kind of a difficult relationship that she had with her ex-boyfriend um and it's kind of a it's kind of a, a signpost to what was happen later on in her life um i mean she was already struggling with depression and um alcohol abuse at this point um but a lot of the lyrics are quite dark um and quite well frank um um that so yeah it can be quite a quite a morbid listen if you're listening to it with the context that we are now of course mm. um right i'm going to play the first track from this album um that i want to talk about called rehab they tried to make me go to rehab i said no So rehab, 
that was a maiden response to um, her management team encouraging her to go to rehab and her refusing to do so. Um, yeah, the first thing you notice about the song is that it has a very retro um, style, like showing her influences in the 60s. Um, so like the drums at the start using like hand claps um, and like, yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for the demonstration. That, that, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> People can't see me, so yeah. I don't know why I do these things. Well, I guess yeah. you didn't know two. what clapping was before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> well, uh, also another thing that's quite 60s about it um, is you got this horn line um, when I, I guess kind of the pre-chorus slash chorus comes in um, and it uses this like typical rhythm. Um, it goes like doo-doo, um uh kind of like off the offbeat and then landing on beat one um of the first bar um which kind of reminded me of like 50s doo-wop um in the horn line um which uh i don't know it, it wasn't really much of an influence of <laughs> yeah it's like doo-wop doo um I, I guess this kind of rhythm was also quite prevalent in the 60s music scene um but yeah, I found that quite interesting. It was like a, it really showed how old school um, this this song was. Um, I don't know if you guys have much to say about it as well. Um, uh, I just wanted to say I like the tubular bells. I don't know if anyone knows. Yes. That. Um, oh. The ding 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 ding. It's the, the kind of the, yeah, the sending yeah. line that those. It kind of really reminds me of like a church. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. even though she's actually not Christian at all, she's comes from Jewish heritage. Um, oh yeah. Which um, so she's a North London kind of. You know, I mean, a lot of um, Jewish people go into jazz music, actually, which I find interesting. I mean, mm. I'm half Jewish. Zach, are you half Jewish? Or I, I, I am Jewish, yeah. Um, yeah, so Zach is also Jewish, and we are both in jazz. So, I mean, there's <laughs> there you two go. anecdotal <laughs> stories about Jewish people <laughs> going go. into jazz. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. Um, yeah, I just want. Yeah, I want to say, like, I mean, it, the the kind of there's the constants which remind you of the kind of soul influence, the strong horn lines the kind of backing choir kind of thing and the bells as well, because obviously soul and stuff comes out of gospel music and it's, you know, highly related to that. So that you're, Zephyr, you're kind of right with the whole church thing. Um, yeah. The bells kind of remind mm. us of that. Um, and they use them in other tracks. Cause I, I think I heard those bells in back to black as well, which are going on to next. Exactly. Which you will go on to now. Um, yeah. Um, let's play that now. Yeah, so Back to Black, that is the title track of the album. Um, and this, again, explores like elements of old-school soul music. Um, and, the, yeah, the groove is very similar to the kind of grooves you'd hear in vintage uh, um, 60s girl groups. Um, and, um, yeah, I think this song is probably one of her, probably her most famous, if not second famous, um, mm, to Valerie. Yeah. Um, 
and it, it's quite um it, it's quite a uh, dark um the song's about kind of bitterness about a, a boyfriend leaving her um and the black black that she's referring to um that she's going back to referring to like um drinking and depression um which is quite dark considering the context that we that we have now um but also the lyrics refer to amy remaining strong and like her head held high and her tears dry um so it's kind of has a slightly hopeful tint to it as well um yeah um well, I, I, I know something about the. About well. Uh, well, yeah, I know something about the production. I, there's, I mean, it kind of adds into like what Zephyr was saying about the church thing. There's, there's a lot of um, reverb I noticed, like, especially on this track. Mm. All and by that I mean it's a kind of it adds a bit of echo. It's not actually echo because echo, echo is a different effect. But um, reverb basically makes things sound like they're in kind of big rooms. You can kind of hear there's a lot more reverb and reverb say in a big church than in a kind of small room um right. anyway yeah so you and you can hear that on all the tracks you can hear it's short for reverberations which ah. is, just means yeah okay more yeah kind of sound bouncing off the walls and yeah all that. so yeah. if you have a bigger space it's going to bounce off and make mm. more space yeah, of course. it just basically creates space yeah and you can hear that on kind of all the instruments you can hear the piano you can really hear the notes kind of hold through as well as with the vocals and everything in the whole track mm-hmm. uh yeah sorry well that's what i had to say yeah um i'll go talk a bit about the groove as well um so, um, yeah, this is a four chord song, um, which isn't, I mean, it's not really an issue. I, I mean, it's a great four chord song. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, the great chords, um, it's in like a, it's a minor key, which is quite dark, which is just like the song. Um, and, um, yeah, the groove is just really solid. There's quite a few components to it, um, which I will get into now with my typical, um, Zach analysis. Um, <laughs> so, um, analysis. So, no, that sounds like a disease. Oh, Thank wow. you. Are you stealing my dad jokes? Wow. <laughs> I think we are all bad. three fine purveyors of, of dad jokes as people who know oh, us yeah. will <laughs> definitely testify. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so at the top you've got um the piano is playing the chords quite high up um on every beat of the bar, um almost acting like a metronome. So like dead, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Um um, which, if it didn't have kind of the groove beneath it, might be quite boring or samey. But I don't find that because um, um, the groove at the bottom, which I'll talk about now, is um, is incredibly rhythmic, rhythmically complex, and um, really interesting to listen to. Um, and it's it's doubled in um, the left hand of the piano, um, the bass, and the rhythm is played in the bass drum as well. So it's really strong and solid. Yeah. Um, boom, boom, yeah. Boom. Yeah, it's a really cool rhythm. Um, it is a really cool rhythm. Um, and um, yeah, um, as well as that, would you like to talk a bit about the drums as well and the use of the tambourine and Zephyr being our resident? Oh, drummer. yeah, there's a, there's a tambourine in that. I forgot that. Um, yeah, there's a tambourine on like, I think it's on the pre chorus. I don't think it's throughout the whole song. It, it no. is. Um, oh, is so, it throughout the whole song? Yes. Oh, okay. The hi hat. Um, the hi hat um, of the drum kit, which is the, in case you don't know, it's the. Um, the part of the drum kit that has two symbols that go up and down and then crash together. Um, and, I'm now pointing towards ah, again, forgetting that people cannot see well, me. Well done, Zephyr. I'm, um, I'm, yes, <laughs> I've got to learn this. I am gesturing to my hi hat, which is right next to me. I will actually um, hit it. So people yes, actually, that would be helpful. 
Um, I'll, I'll hit. I don't. I can't open it. Yeah, that's fine. Really hit it. Sound, but it's just a kind of that sound. I don't know how well they can hear it. That's but, probably yeah, no, that's good. Um, it's that sound yeah. which um, is often used in many pop beats on the second and fourth beats, so like boom, ch, boom, ch. Um, but um, what Amy Winehouse does here is she sounds the hi hat just on the two, boom, ch. and on the fourth beat, she uh, or the, not her, the drummer um, hits a tambourine, which is like a similar effect. It's also like a kind of slightly crashing sound, um, but it's like a slightly different tone to mix it up, um, which I found quite interesting. Um, and it, um, yeah, it's just slightly different to a ordinary pop beat. Um, yeah, I mm. really like that. Um, yeah, so um, this song song is incredible. I mean, if you haven't listened to it, where have you been? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, how big is the rock that you're living hey, man, under? In 2006, you've had plenty of time yes. to listen to it. Um, yeah, <laughs> most um, of all of your lives, probably. And I mean, go listen to the whole album. It's uh, it had it contains many hit singles like um, Rehab, You Know I'm No Good. Back to back, of course. Um, Good one. Tears dry on their own. Love is a losing oh, game. Yeah. Actually, the version of Valerie on this um, is a live version, um, which um, I think is slightly less well known than the um, Mark Ronson version that came out later. Yeah, the Mark Ronson version is on this album he did. Um, I don't know when it came out. Two thousand seven. Did a bunch. There you go. So basically, straight after, but he yeah. did. Uh, Mark Ronson's an American producer. Um, I think. Yeah, also, if you haven't heard of him, how big um, is the rock that you're living under? Because, well, you know, uptown <laughs> yeah, funk. Yeah, Mark Ronson is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's huge as well. But he did an album of a, a lot of pop songs that were kind of out at the time. And he kind of did a lot of upbeat versions of them. So there's this other song on it um, by Coldplay, which is in the, the original is just a very chill kind of guitar, piano, you know, typical Coldplay song yeah and he did a very wow, that's a bit harsh. Of that as well with like big drums <laughs> and it's it was it's really good that that album of i mean so you'll definitely know it's called it's called versions it, isn't it yeah though, uh just version yeah, it's called versions oh, oh, it, version, that, yeah. yeah just singular oh uh, maybe um, yeah it might be version yeah and yeah, if um, it, in that album yeah he he does different versions more upbeat well, kind of mark ronson version yeah big, shall we play his version well. he does yeah yeah let's quickly play a bit of that now actually well, sometimes I go out by myself And I look across the water And I think of all the things What you're doing And in my head I paint a picture Cause since I come home Well, my body's been a mess And I miss your tender hair And the way you like to dress I want you to come on over Yeah, that was Valerie by the Mark Ronson version. Um, there's also a great music video for that as well, which doesn't have Amy Winehouse in it, I don't think. It has um, a few just random singers that kind of get up on stage and just start singing it. It is Amy Winehouse singing, but they've kind of just got mm. that. Anyway, sidetrack again. Um, yeah, it's a very recognisable groove. Um, he's he kind of that, that, that version's become the kind of staple that everyone knows yeah. instead of the other version that she did, which is a much more kind of loungy, feels like you're in the back of a jazz club she's huh. playing you're i like that version as well drink. yeah it's very yeah, yeah. I, I i like her version more actually i think um but I, what i love about this version is the kind of the 
opening um, conversation with Mark Bronson yes. doing the classic, ah, it's Roland. Um, yes. And oh, yeah. Amy Winehouse saying something about, like, you guys are having too much fun. Yeah, too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very chill. It's like you're in the studio with them. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, I, I just think we've got to give a lot of credit to Mark Ronson for that one because I think it was probably him who came, who had the imagination to turn. So the original song by the Zootons, um, great band name, um, to kind of completely transform that and come up with his kind of original rhythm that's really cool and also mm-hmm. i should say it's going back but i believe mark ronson actually produced back to black like the whole album um, oh yeah he, so, so he was one of the main producers on yeah. back to black as well so um they, they had a really good working relationship yeah. and yeah they did some really great music together do we have any final thoughts yeah, before well, we wrap up yeah well so i mean what a great performer amy winehouse um but struggled kind of a lot of her life with um substance abuse and um like uh alcoholism um and she sadly died um on uh, the 23rd of July 2011 um after alcohol poisoning at the age of 27 uh, joining the 27 club um of uh kind of musicians artists actors athletes i think as well um, anyone anyone in the arts who's died at the age of 27 um there's a lot of them yeah. I, uh, yeah, off, off the top of my head, kind of Jimi Hendrix, Kirk Jimmy Cobain. Jimi Hendrix, Kirk Cobain. Um, yeah, those are kind of the big ones. Yeah, there's a few, Jim Morrison. There's a few others, I think. I think a lot of some rappers have kind of recently. Yeah, there seems to be this incredible spike of deaths around that age yeah. specifically. Mm. I mean, that could just be the crazy lo- lifestyle of very yeah, famous of people course. who are constantly in clubs doing yeah. very dangerous drugs yeah. and partying way, way too hard for their own safety. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. But I mean, it's an just, life. just, uh, I mean, re- delving into Amy's life a bit over the past week or so and really like getting to know her really well again, it just, it made me sad about the whole thing again. Um, cause I mean, she could have gone on to do even greater stuff. Um, but I guess, yeah, uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes that's sort of the way of life. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, on that rather somber note, <laughs> sorry, I think it's, <laughs> no, note, yeah. I think, it, I think it's time to to wrap up. We've unfortunately, sorry, uh, we've run on quite well a bit longer than we usually do, but I hope it was nevertheless entertaining. Um, if you want to learn more about Amy Winehouse, I can definitely recommend the documentary film that was made, and mm-hmm. the filmmaker's name escapes me, but it's the same guy who did the great film about Diego Maradona. And I believe Ayrton Senna as well. And there's another one that I'm forgetting about, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that's that's really good. Um, and yeah, you can check that out. All the music's great. Um, we've also talked about Floor Fillers today, uh, Black Eyed Peas, George Michael, and Earth, Wind & Fire. All much more upbeat than what we've been talking about <laughs> for the last half hour. But um, yes. yeah, anyway. <laughs> so if you enjoyed, please do follow the podcast uh subscribe so that you get all episodes when they come out check out our socials in the description uh leave a rating review we really appreciate it helps grow the podcast and um see you next time we're hoping to have um some interviews soon so yeah uh thanks so much for listening and goodbye Mm. sidetracked the music podcast Mm.